Welcome to The Vine, a plant media project podcast with your hosts, Elizabeth Sheldon and Gina Vensel. The Vine is an insightful look into the world of plant medicine, exploring the changing landscape around cannabis and psychedelics and ending the stigma through educational discussions. On today's episode, we welcome Daniel Schenken, founder of Mount Tam Psychedelic Integration, an organization serving individuals who are exploring their consciousness for transformational evolution within a supportive community. After a deep and intense awakening experience in 1998, Daniel dove deep into his yoga and meditation practice to stabilize his realization and his body in the world. He began teaching in 2002 and took over leadership of his neighborhood yoga studio in 2004. As a yoga and meditation teacher for over 20 years, Daniel has dedicated his life to the cultivation of clarity, resilience, and heart. He uses tools from a wide variety of traditions to help his clients develop powerful personal experiences for psychedelic preparation and integration. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Daniel, welcome. We'd like to start out hearing about how you came um, to plant medicine, and we'd love to hear how TAM integration got started. Well, my experience with with plant medicine and things like you know cannabis, LSD, and mushrooms were sort of where I started when I was in high school. Started out as recreational and celebrational, and wasn't until several years later sort of became accidentally ceremonial. You know, I was sort of doing the thing that kids do and just enjoying myself. And then sort of all of a sudden, there was sort of this deeper glimpse into what was possible and who I was and what reality was all about. And all of a sudden, you know, there were a little glimpse of it, I suppose, when I was like palling around with my buddies, you know, in graveyards and college campuses and places that were safe for us to be. Um you know, little glimpses of, you know, connectedness and joy and bliss and happiness. But then it got like really deep at some point. And also, and as it got deeper, it also kind of showed me the work that I needed to do in order to stay in those places. So that was one of the things that really struck me is that much of the things that I was seeing in these spaces felt more real to me than the world that I was living in. I, and I, and I wanted to stay there. Right. I, I recognize that a lot of my life uh, was artifice, you know, that, that I was wearing masks, the people I knew were wearing masks. Uh, all of our priorities were skewed, right? Sort of materialist, self centered priorities instead of things like, you know, communal priorities, social priorities. And I wanted that. And I sort of wanted to stay there. You know, it wasn't, I, I didn't want to just get high. I wanted to sort of stay high. And that had nothing to do with visuals or anything like that. It had to do with this very sort of wholesome, heart centered path that I wanted to walk. And the first integration guide, there was no such thing as integration in the, in the 90s. I, I didn't know anything about it. Nobody in my circle, anyway, was talking about that sort of thing. But one of the big kids, I mean, he was probably 26, you know, one of the big kids pushed a copy of Be Here Now into my hands and was like, read this kid, you'll be okay. And Be Here Now is set up kind of like a psychedelic journey. There's the preparation, you know, there's the before, there's kind of the meat of the journey. If you guys have never seen this book, if you're listening, you know, do yourself a favor and, you know, order yourself a copy. And if you hate it, 
email me. I'll buy it back from you. Uh, I, I can always have someone, you know, I could always use more, give them away all the time. Um, so, and then like, there's this very trippy bit in the middle, uh, which is full of kind of poetry and weird pictures and mantras and koans and things like that. And then at the end is something called a cookbook for a sacred life. And this is basically an integration manual. And it says, do your yoga practice, do your meditation, eat clean foods, be nice to people, read, read spiritual literature instead of just watching TV all the time. And so I thought to myself, okay, I'll just do that then. You know, I didn't have a lot else going on. Right. And so I just started doing yoga practice. Um, because things did get a little wild, you know, they did get a little bit unhinged at the end. I went pretty hard for a while. I was trying to really, I really thought that, you know, I could get enlightened and I mean, that only works as well as it does. And then you sort of have to pick up the pieces and still, you know, just great. You're enlightened. Now you've got, you know, 70 more years to live on the planet, you know, see what you can do with it. And so I had to like, figure out what does that mean? So I did yoga practice and took over uh, the neighborhood yoga studio and I ran that for a while. And it wasn't until many years later that I ran into Dr. Nishe Devano, who now does the Symposia podcast. But back then, she was working on her PhD at UPenn and wanted to throw a psychedelic conference. She was like, I think I can get UPenn to host a psychedelic conference. It'll be the first psychedelic conference ever in an Ivy League university. And I was like, well, I mean, I don't want to just listen to a bunch of hippies quoting Terrence McKenna to each other. That doesn't sound like fun at all. And she said, no, 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 things have changed. There's like research now. You know, this was 2012. I had no idea. And, you know, Anthony Bosses showed up and, you know, um, you know, Garcia was there and, you know, Catherine McLean was there and, 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 um, Roland Griffiths was, you know, it's like everybody was there talking about their research. You know, I, I was blown away that all of this was happening and very, very excited. And so I started to kind of pay attention to the psychedelic science thing and was particularly enamored with Catherine McLean's work at Johns Hopkins, where she was doing psilocybin meditation and positive personality change, where if you taught people how to meditate before you gave them psychedelics, they became better people. And I was like, I knew it. <laughs> I didn't really need science to prove it. Um, but there it was. And so we became pals and, you know, that's where I sort of started to hear about, that's where I learned about integration. And integration circles and you know that kind of sitting with people and so i kind of wished there was one in my neighborhood and there wasn't and it's kind of like that old zen story where you know this guy joins the monastery and he notices that the steps up to the dining hall are dirty they've got leaves all over them and stuff and he says to himself someone should really sweep these stairs and about a week in, he says, you know, I'm somebody. And he, you know, there's a little door next to the door and he opens it up. And sure enough, it's a closet and there's a broom. 
And then he just swept those stairs for the next 35 years. You know, and so, you know, I'm about three years in on this gig, you know, <laughs> sweeping, sweeping, <laughs> sweeping the integration circle, you know, mm-hmm. unlocking the door, firing up the zoom, uh, you know, kind of whatever it takes to let people know that they're not alone and that they're supported and that they also have the power to support each other, um, that integration is a joyful process. Um, sometimes I feel like people, it gets like this rap that it's like, it's where you drag yourself. If you get broken, if you take, take too many it's drugs, just too and you much get hard work. Yeah. I mean, that's what it, I think uh, the, the stigma kind of around it is, oh, well, you know, integration is, is really, you know, the hard work, but can you talk about that a little bit? You know, what, what, what is that hard work that looks like? Because you talk about preparation, but I'm assuming that there's also, you know, this integration that happens after the experience as well. Well, integration can be a blast, right? Because on one hand, sure, there's shadow material. And that's, you know, as hard as it is. But on the other hand, you know, what we were talking about is that there is this deep love. You know, it's like you guys, I'm imagining that, um, you know, the Vine, I'm guessing it's like not funded by Clear Channel or like, you know, <laughs> you know like NBC, you right? You're not, syndi- you're not syndicated, right? There's no like big dollars in, for the Vine, you know? Um, maybe you've got Nexus strategy, I don't know about, but you know what? <laughs> but, but what we're going to what I'm going to guess is that it's kind of that you just love it, that it's just like there's love in your heart that you'd unearthed because, uh, you know, through your work with plant medicine and that that love cannot be contained. That's right. It has to be and, shared. <laughs> and it has to be shared, right? And so like this is your integrate this is your integration process. This is you taking the lessons that you've learned in um, sacred ceremony and making it part of your everyday life, right? And that's integration. Sometimes it's a bummer. Most of the time it's a joy. Got it. Love that. Because I do think that it gives it gets a bad rap and that people tend to think of it as this just difficult therapy that goes around and maybe almost takes the fun out of it. So I appreciate you saying that, that it is a joy to be able to go through the process and to be able to share the excitement that we feel from going through these ceremonies. Yeah. So, so you're an integration coach, is that correct? Am I using that terminology correctly? Sure. So can you, can you tell us what that means? What it, what do you do? It means that I encourage you to let that love out. (laughs) right um so sometimes there's preparation uh more and more people who wouldn't ordinarily use psychedelics are showing up to use psychedelics right my constitution was such that when i was young i was kind of a risk taker right and i was just like let's go for it let's see what see what happens you know let's take more i'll see you tomorrow right we were just a little bit berserk like that and that was you know that and again that works as well as it does um it i i do wish somebody had had suggested microdosing you know or even just small dosing you're like you know maybe maybe you don't maybe you want to take less so anyway, nobody suggested that to me, but so as these other people are finding it, you know, people who are already established in their lives, right? I was a kid. So people who are established in their lives, they have jobs and they have families, maybe they're empty nesters. They are 
wanting to explore this, but they're wanting to explore this in a way that's safe and sane and responsible. And they sort of want to know what, what do I have to put in place so that I can keep my mind right? What do I have to put into place so that I don't um, accidentally nuke my life? Um, which is important because sometimes when we have, so I was lucky in a lot of ways because I noticed that I noticed that my, how much do people curse on this podcast? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> okay. I won't you do, can it do it. I won't do it much. Um, I, re- I was lucky that I recognized that my life was bullshit when I was 16. Right. And then I was like, I wanted something like the Grateful Dead. There's a Grateful Dead song called Built to Last. And I was like, okay, I want to build my life on this kind of foundation that will last. That if I take more psychedelics, you know, the mushroom spirit's not going to come and like kick the bricks out from under me. Like, how do I do that? How do I build a life that is built to last? And so, you know, I, I, you know, things get repressed. And then they come up in ceremony and they have to be dealt with, you know, and things get ignored and it it shines the light on it. Um, And I guess I'm kind of used to that by now. Um, So sometimes if people have been sitting on stuff for like 40 or 50 years, it really starts to hurt. Right. And then it like comes back with a vengeance. And they, the desires and the needs that the people have are, normal and natural and healthy, but they want to come out in a, in a way that's overcompensating, right? It's, it's, it's a little bit much where somebody says, okay, I have to, I, I have to quit my job and move to the jungle and just play guitar. Right. And so that I hear three very normal, natural, healthy needs in there. Right. But that they've taken it a bit too far. So one, I, I want to move to the jungle. I want to connect with nature. I want to up, up level my up, up level. How do you up level your relationship to nature? I want to deepen my relationship to nature um, and just play guitar all the time. I want to deepen my connection to creativity. I have a creative spirit that I want to connect with. Oh, and I'm going to quit my job and sell all my stuff, right? And what that is, okay, my work-life balance need, needs adjustment, mm-hmm. right? So that's all very, very that's good insight that can be explored in a way that is sustainable, right? That you, that you can wait a couple of weeks. You don't have to freak out your spouse. You know, you don't have to displace your children. How do we figure out how to do all that stuff in a healthy way? And maybe we move, maybe you do end up in the jungle. I don't know, but like, give it a month. And so those are the kinds of things. And then, of course, maybe there is somebody, you know, sometimes there are people and they do want to start podcasts or they want to start healing retreat centers. And then the question is, it's like, well, do you have the skills to do that? Do you have the equipment to do that? Can I help you brainstorm what that might look like? Can I help you talk about who your strategic partners might be? Are there things that you need to learn in order to do that in a way that's really effective and efficient? Right? So like all that kind of stuff. The other thing that we really want to look at is how do we hold on to the love? 
Okay. Also, so that's the thing I get nervous about is using uh, obscenities too much or using like the L word too much. <laughs> right. We because love people, that word. Right. So, <laughs> right. But the people who are listening to your podcast that maybe don't do as many psychedelics as you, like <laughs> it makes them, ner- it makes them twitch a little bit. Or I might say God every once well, in a while. Well, we only have really- like these one words to describe something. Like they say that, you know, Exmos have like a hundred different ways to describe the word snow. But we only right. have one way to describe the word love. So I feel like there are right. these different ways that, you know, you know, language is inert. It's how we use it and how it is expressed that really matters. Right. So keeps using it. Drop those L words all day. Right. <laughs> I think San- Sanskrit has like at least a dozen. Mm. Um. So, but people, I was talking to a guy yesterday, uh, a, ve- a, a veteran, Afghan. He came back from Afghanistan and just started doing mushrooms. And he has felt good. He's been happy for three weeks. Was he microdosing or was he, he just did one trip? He did, you know, it's, it was a little bit of a process. He sort of worked up, but like I want... But but don't get bogged down in the details. So that's not, you know what he took isn't important. What is important is he's been happy for three weeks. Well, that is beautiful. You're right. Like I'm almost nothing else cry. matters. <laughs> You're right. I'm, nothing else. I matters. almost want to cry because like the guy didn't feel good for years. Right. Like people are miserable because they don't have solutions. Right. And so there's there. This is a solution for some people. And then as we know, right, we have this elation that follows our trip. And then sometimes it steps down, it steps down. And we were like, how do we hold on to that? And so that's one of the things that's the most fun for me is to try and like figure out how to hold on to that. And, um, and would that be also, you know, if you want to talk a little bit about your TAM integration circles, you know, this is giving people an opportunity to share that space together, share their stories. Yes. So if you want to talk a little bit, I mean, how are you doing these during the pandemic? Are they online? Yeah, they're online. They're and on anyone Zoom like can everything join? else. And anyone can, can join? Yeah, we have six a month. There are on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific is an open one. On the first and third Thursdays, there is a women's one. Oh. I don't need that one. <laughs> and so it's important to gather people to share. Like, if you could just kind of like let our listeners know a little bit about what that experience is like if someone were to join uh, one of these events. Okay, so you come and then, you know, we, we show up and we chit chat a little. Um, I ask people if they know any good psychedelic jokes. Do you guys know any good psychedelic jokes? No, although I'll find one before I join the circle. So I'm prepared. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, we do, we, we all agree that it's going to be confidential. Uh, we agree that we're not going to try and buy and sell drugs from each other. Uh, you know, just keep it all safe and stuff. Um, and then we do a little meditation and then someone will share for a time, you know, five, seven minutes. And then they get about five minutes of feedback, you know, reflections, not advisory feedback. So we're, it's really important to us that everybody's agency is respected and that it's really horizontal. You know, it's a circle. Uh, you know, I'm not in charge. Um, occasionally I have to, you know, hold to the rules of order, but it's not because I'm in charge. It's because I took it on, I guess. 
Uh, if somebody else wanted to do it, I would let them. Um, but so we're kind of reflecting from our hearts, you know, our own experience for the, the person's experience, right? Nobody's there to tell anybody else what to do. And I think that's a big deal. And then we just do that for as many rounds as we can fit in for two hours. If we do another meditation, we go home, except we're already home because we're on Zoom. Have you hosted these in person, like in your neighborhood, like before the pandemic? Was that something yeah, you were yes. able to do? So I, mm-hmm. I feel like, it, you know, I miss those days, but I ho- also hope that, you know, there could be, you know, groups like this or circles that could happen, you know, in everyone's neighborhood. But if not, being that we can join online via Zoom, no matter where we are, I think is really fantastic. It's nice. And the rent's cheaper. <laughs> so we, we do more of them now. You know, there seemed to be a need for them more. But, you know, we were meeting once a month. Now we meet six times a month. And also it's been a year and, you know, I guess we've grown. But, yeah, it, it helps to not have to, you know, because the donations, like, don't really, like, they sometimes cover rent. You know, if you're, if you're giving 100 bucks to a yoga studio or something like that, it sometimes covers it. But, yeah, I mean, it kind of doesn't matter, but it kind of does. So, um, we believe in lifelong learning and especially in this particular space and just wanted to talk a little bit about your courses. We Mm. see that you have a mushroom cultivation, microdosing, virtual course, you know, what are some? That's a good one. Tell us about that. (laughs) Well, every year we throw a couple of conferences. So in the spring coming up, is something called the Mount Ham Psychedelic Integration Family All-Star Jamboree. Wow. It's <laughs> a mouthful. <laughs> All right, I'll say it again. The Mount Ham Psychedelic Integration Family All-Star Jamboree, and, which shortens to the Mount Ham Integration Jam. Which and is so still it's like a f- uh, not the shortest name, but we will link it in the blog post so that everyone knows how to directly connect to the event. Nice. Psychedelicintegration.family, which is there also not short. <laughs> Um, and, and the idea again is like, how do we have fun with this, with the things that we've learned? How do we take the most awesome parts of what we've learned and share them with each other? And so I'm just looking, um, at my post-it notes on the walls. Um, you know, we've got Jim Fadiman and Rick Strassman and Rock Razam and, uh, the guy, the people from Polaris, Eric Seinicht, who helps us with the circles. And Veronica Gold. And then we also like we'll have comedy, right? There's like we have comedy and we have music. Uh I was just talking to Amanda Sage, who probably a lot of your listeners know is a brilliant, brilliant artist, and runs something called the Vision Train, which is basically a 24-hour Zoom room where artists get together and paint together. And so we're probably gonna have like live painting. So somebody will be talking about science. And there'll be a painter there. There'll be, um, you know, maybe Moon Dragon will be fire spinning. Um, and then also one of the things that is is kind of important because, you know, like the integration circles are offered on the gift model. We give them away. If people want to give a gift to TAM integration in return, that's fine. It's, it's not expected um, because people should have access. So my wife's, cousin is an American sign language interpreter. And so one of her colleagues 
likes the topic. And so we have sign language. We have ASL. That's excellent. Which I haven't seen at any other online conferences, but um, people appreciate it. There were times when like her, her like camera went down for a minute and people were typing in the chat, like bring back Andy, (laughs) you know, or the screen share didn't, you know, blocked her out. Um, But this kind of thing is, is meaningful for, for a certain population. And yeah. And, and, and it's not hard, right? Like it's, it's really not that hard to care for people if you care. So when you say it's for a certain population, wouldn't you agree though? I think during the pandemic, you know, there are more and more people seeking some sort of help, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. how can I get out of my own mind? And, and, um, so that maybe, sorry, Gina, were you going to say something? Oh, no, I, I was no. just thinking along the same exact lines. Like you, you I do want to mention the psilocybin summit that you hosted mm-hmm. during 2020, which was right when all of this was happening, right? I mean, people are yearning and looking to that. Are you doing that event again? Can you tell our listeners anything about, oh, yeah. you know, that a little bit more? Sure. Yeah, we'll do. Well, the thing also about that is our first one was in 2019. Oh, Okay. So we did this before we had to because I was looking at all of these conferences and there's one in Acapulco, followed by one in the Czech Republic, followed by one in Denver. And I couldn't make it to all of those. And if I couldn't make it to all of those, there were definitely a lot of other people who couldn't make it to all of those. Um, but that didn't mean they didn't want access to the information. And so I wanted them to have it. I wanted to have it as well. And it's also, so it's, you know, it's my, my prayer that the information gets to the people, but also that different narratives get to the people as well. So one of the things that we've seen is for a while, there was a lot of psychedelic science, right? And psychedelic science is great. It's not necessarily my favorite thing. Um, you know, I like I, I like what I like. Uh, I don't necessarily like. I don't want to look at charts with percentages and graphs. It's just it's, it's not for too long. You know, not all weekend. Once one or two, and then I'll hang out in the hallway. Um, and then what started happening was that there was like a lot of policy, and there's still going to be a lot of policy, and that's going to be a big deal for a while. Policy is not necessarily my favorite thing. You know, I love what the decrim nature people are doing. I think the decrim nature movement is powerful. I hope that it expands um, to include all drugs at some point. I think all drugs should be decriminalized. Um, And then what's happening now is that there's more and more conversations being held by venture capitalists. And everybody's really interested in the money of psychedelics. And that really doesn't interest me. Um. You know, I want to talk to coaches and shamans and mystics and, you know, magicians and, and, and the like, you know, I, I want to talk to people who, you know, eat 20 grams of mushrooms and talk to crystals, you know, um, they have interesting things to say. It's like a lot more psychedelic. I can't even imagine, <laughs> Daniel, 20 grams. I mean, four grams or three. How many did I do, Gina? I, I can't imagine 20. Just under a hero dose. But yeah, I would say that 20 is, I mean, that's that's going to be, you know, taking you to another wow. plane right there. 
Right. Yeah. So I'm sure with some dedication, we could work you up to that. (laughs) I'm not suggesting it, but you could. I have faith in you. Um, But you know what I mean? It's like, I want this psychedelic conference to be a little psychedelic. I want it to be a little weird. I want it to be a little strange. Mushrooms are inscrutable, right? They're incomprehensible. And so all of this sort of which brain, all of this rational um, grasping to try and create rationality um, and comprehensibility where there is none. Um, that is really, I mean, I appreciate you saying that. That's really interesting. You're, you're absolutely right. That's what's happening. We are taking something that is hard to explain and we're trying to explain it. Mm-hmm. You're right. Thank you for that insight. It's right yeah. there in front of me, but it took you saying it. Yeah. I mean, that's, so will you um, be doing one of these again? So you did it in 2019, you had one in 2020. And so will we have one to look forward to this next yes, well, summit. We'll also look forward to the integration jam. Okay. And that's, that comes first. That's April, right? That's, that's April 16th April. to the 18th, maybe the 19th because the 19th is bicycle day. So just keep the event going. Um, yes. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I, I mean, I just I, keep looking up, open the corner, like I have post-it notes with people's names on them, and uh, I am, uh, yeah, kind of getting excited. And there's probably going to have to be two tracks because there are, yeah, too many people. There's too much talent, so we'll probably even have two tracks going at once, so that people can, um, you know, have have some options as well. It should be really fun. Do you attend any of the other conferences, more of the science or any of the investment conferences or anything like that? From time to time. Um, from time to time. Like, um, I really like the Chakruna conferences. Uh, do you know Chakbilabate? I'm not oh, familiar. The, Ch- the Chakruna conferences are really, really cool. Um, she is from Brazil, I believe she's from Latin America, South America, and, you know, really has a lot of inroads with the community down there. And so you get to hear, she's like really tapped into like indigenous voices and has a really good way of putting together a, she's got a really good way of putting together a conference, you know, that really cares about what's important. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, environmental advocacy, you know, a lot of, you know, work, you know, working with the rights of the indigenous and things of that nature. And so that's some of my favorite stuff, you know, is her, is her thing. And I do have to mention how we got connected was through the Clubhouse app, which we mentioned on the last episode. But I just have to mention it again that there have been some really amazing conversations on that application mm. around cannabis, psychedelics, wellness, um, integration. I've definitely heard you as a panelist and a moderator on several of these rooms. So really appreciate the time that you're taking to dive in to really share the knowledge that you have. And for those of you that are not on the app, I know it's not on Android yet, but they say it's coming. So if you have an iPhone, you can download the app and definitely just 
look for folks in the industry to follow because there's some really amazing conversations that are happening and you can hear directly from the leaders in the industry about some really exciting things and learn more about upcoming events. And just honestly, some of them are real live, you know, integration circles happening right there on Clubhouse. Yes. Yeah. It's a fun, it's a fun thing. I, um, you know, get notifications on my phone and I see people are just on that thing all day long and I just wonder how they're getting any work done. Uh, we wonder the same, Daniel. <laughs> I feel bad sometimes to leave quietly because like the conversation will be going and I'm like, well, we do have to like answer phone calls and get back to work. So um, my heart's definitely with everyone that is able to be on there all day and I appreciate them for holding space. But yeah, it can get very addicting and you can get on, get stuck on there, I feel like, for a long time. Yeah. I mean, of course, my heart is with everybody everywhere all the time, whether so they're sweet. in Clubhouse or not. But um it's it's really interesting that I have met some folks through Clubhouse that kind of it's their introduction to the psychedelic community. And I'm like, there's a whole world out there of, you know, people in the psychedelic community that don't have iPhones. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> That's right. That are doing other things that are at work. <laughs> They're members of the right. psychedelic community who are at work all day. Um but it's really nice just to kind of see, you know, the um the mycelial nature, right? To kind of see it spread and to see, you know, people popping up where wherever it fits fits for them, you know, whether it's at club, you know, the brand new clubhouse or it's the very old school DMT Nexus forum or something mm-hmm. like that. Well, it's been really great to meet you on the app, and then now to get to get to know you even better and to learn more about what you do. If you'd like to let everybody know how they can get in touch with you, if they're interested in an integration circle or um, talking with you about integration coaching, where can they go to find more? Oh, you can go to TamIntegration.com. Uh, I have all of the Tam integrations. Um, you know, like my Instagram is silly, right? There's me. You know, I like making memes. So if you like to laugh about psychedelics, then you can go there. Um, my Twitter is a lot of quotes, um, mostly p- quotes pulled from the conferences. So you can get a little taste of the kind of things that we talk about there. Um, my Facebook is underutilized. Um, and the website, yeah. Oh, there's also, we have our own podcast on Mondays. On Monday morning, we go live on um on our Facebook page and I interview artists and musicians about how psychedelics influence their creativity. And that's called instrumental breakthroughs. Um, very cool. Which is really fun. And, and then, you know, our conferences are, are coming up, you know, the, um, the MCU, the Mount Tam conference universe, and there will be the Mount Tam integration jam, which is going to be fun. I can't Um, wait for that. And still has early How many people do you expect? A thousand, fifteen hundred. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's what we get. We get a lot of people for the summit. Um, And I was thinking this one would probably be smaller, but I don't see why it would have to be. Um, You know, there's just more and more. And if you're listening to this and you're a professional, like, you know, maybe we can find you a place to talk. Maybe you guys want, do you guys want to moderate some talks? Oh, that would be so cool. Sure. Sure. Be delighted Absolutely. to help you. Absolutely. Right on. But that's what we do is I, I try and find, I put psychedelic podcasters in the moderator roles because, so you know, cool. you know the deal. We sure do. We and, sure do. And it's, a, I mean, if you, you know, if it's it, either it's a family all-star jamboree or it's not. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Well, we're all family, <laughs> so, right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. 
Um, I like to tell people that I'm the psychedelic integration coach to the stars, you know, and the spoiler alert is that we're all stars. (laughs) I like that. I love that so much. We really, truly appreciate you and all that you're doing for the psychedelic community, Daniel. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much for your time today. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't forget to cut out that first bit. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks to our listeners for joining us for episode 25 of The Vine, a plant media project podcast. Please join us for subscribing to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And for cannabis and psychedelic news and events, visit us at plantmediaproject.com.